With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Wisports Radio's Locker Room Talk with Sarah Gross and Kelly O'Mara. Welcome to the locker room. Kelly, how are you? Busy uh, training, waiting for the rain to stop, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know what? I met the king of Bahrain this week. Oh, yeah? Is he everything he's cracked up to be? (laughs) He totally is. You know what? I actually cracked a joke and he laughed and I was so proud of myself. (laughs) There you go. You've made it. That was my accomplishment for the week. Making the king of Bahrain laugh. Right. I mean, you also were like, what, working with Bahraini women and getting them into triathlon and all that kind of thing, but whatever, not important. But I made the king laugh, so, you know. So today's show is all about why more people don't watch women's sport. But first, I think we should talk about a couple news articles here. Have you seen this one? 76 female scientists have teamed up for an expedition to the Antarctic. It's the first ever all-female expedition. I think it's the largest ever. I mean, I'm assuming like maybe two women have gone before and I guess that would technically be all female. You know, I think the reason this is like a big deal is because there's so few female researchers that go and do like climate change work and, you know, study the Antarctic and all that stuff that happens up there. It doesn't matter just because it like makes us feel good. It matters because women in research roles offer a different perspective. Right. You told me a story earlier about this, about crash test dummies. There was a story in The Atlantic this week, and it was talking about how crash test dummies were always male. They always use male crash test dummies to test if cars were safe or not. And it was always assumed that that was perfectly fine. And it was only until about three or four years ago, they started using female dummies, you know, a female size. You mean size, not like genitalia. Right. I don't think that affects how the crash goes. But they're like, body structure, bone density, size, and obviously these are averages, but it actually makes a difference. The lack of having that female perspective in crash tests is why more women are injured and died in car accidents. Once they started testing female crash test dummies, (laughs) it it changed like safety. It changed things. It changed how the the seatbelts were designed and how the cars were built. I live in the Bay Area. I have heard so many examples of this from Silicon Valley research companies where they just literally never thought to have the female perspective. And so their their thing, whatever it is, their app, their technology works completely differently for a woman and they never thought about it. Right. And so in climate change research, what are the some of the things I mean, I've read before that climate change can affect more women than men. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's particularly true in the developing world. And I think that's kind of along the same lines of how like poverty affects more women than men. And, you know, and that's often because they get saddled with childcare duties. Uh, They tend to have more economic forces at play on them. 
Um, they tend to get paid less. You know, all those kinds of issues that don't have to be true, but uh, are currently. Interesting. Okay. And the second annual Women's Climbing Festival is set to take place in March. It's called Flash Foxy. Cool name. I don't know anything about climbing. I think that is like a reference. I think that means something to climbers. It probably does. I don't know anything about climbing either. Um, What do you think about this, about having that kind of all-female environment to learn a skill like climbing? It's interesting. I mean, we've been talking about this. I don't think either of us particularly feel out of place with male training partners or, you know, male athletes around us. But there's certainly a sense that for women to want to show up and learn how to climb or learn how to surf or learn how to bike, they have to already be good enough to be able to hang with the boys, right? Because they don't want to inflict themselves on, you know, the men's group and be like holding them back or crashing or this is a big issue in surfing. You know, they want to be good enough by the time they get to do it with the boys. And so we've kind of created that culture where the only way to learn how to do something is either like on your own or in these for lack of a better word, even though I hate the phrase, safe spaces. Well, I understand how a lot of women feel it's almost like a social safeness, a social safety with with fellow women around them. One thing I actually do understand is, is I do like that kind of all-female environment from a sort of bonding point of view or the types of jokes you might make. Or we had in Bahrain, we had a women's breakfast and some of the guys... We're like, well, why can't we come to your breakfast? And I don't know, there's something nice about just having that little bit of space for a couple hours where the women hung out and the local triathletes asked us pros of questions about their race. And it just, it creates a, a different kind of environment than you have in a co-ed space. So I think once in a while, it's, it's a really good thing. There are definitely times where I've made jokes in all female company that everyone there got, but the boys were, had no idea what I was talking about, right? shared experiences. So this week, I hear you have a gripe of the week for us. What's your gripe? All right, I have a gripe, even though I've never used the word gripe in my life until now. It's a good word, though. (laughs) Don't you agree? I was gonna say I have a thing that pisses me off. But yeah, a gripe. A gripe sounds nicer. All right, so this is a little complicated. But I was at a triathlon event a couple months ago, that was primarily guys. I was actually only there because my husband wanted to do it. I wasn't participating and all the most of the women there were in like the girlfriend wife capacity and it very much felt that way. We were like not particularly included even though I am way more involved in triathlon than my husband, right? And then at the end, some guy I didn't know, like the two women who participated were standing next to each other and some guy I didn't know yelled out, oh, you guys should kiss. And everyone laughed like this was the funniest thing anyone had ever said, right? And I was like, oh my God, are we like making jokes about airplane food next? This is ridiculous. And the next, like second, all the other guys who I know, I know these guys perfectly well, they're perfectly nice people, kept asking, why aren't more women like participating? We should get more women. Come on, girls, you need to get out here. And I was like, gee, I wonder, I really, I can't figure out what it is that's making this unappealing. It's a mystery. Right. After they're making terrible jokes. And it's not that that joke offended me or that I'm being too sensitive. It's just that doesn't, that makes this not fun. That doesn't sound enjoyable. The reason this has come up, I didn't think about it again for a couple of months, but it came up again this week because there's been a number of instances in the triathlon community in the last like week or two, where people have said things, particularly in certain online forums that are very bad jokes about women. Like, oh, I'd ride her bike. 
well, she's welcome to like take her shower at my house. Why don't you post pictures of your daughter on her? But you know what I mean? Like weird stuff that you're like, is that a joke? No, that's just weird. Like, and there's obviously then been a number of people who backlash said, oh, people are being too sensitive. It's just a joke. You guys can't take a joke. This is why women, you know, aren't finding their place in triathlon because we're being too sensitive. And I keep thinking about it because what I got stuck on was I don't go on this particular online forum because it was not a pleasant experience for me many, many times, right? It's not because I got offended one time and I'm taking a stand or because I'm being too sensitive or you're not politically correct. It's because you have made it very clear I am not welcome. So in as much as you are have the right to make big jokes, I have the right to judge you based on what you say. So this concept that people, this whole, which is a larger trend in society, that we're just too PC, sure, there are people who probably get upset when they shouldn't, but they have that right. It's not my obligation not to be grossed out by you. If you want me to participate, it's your obligation to make it appealing for me to participate. So that is what has been my gripe. Yeah, that's a good gripe. It even happened to me last week in a group. We're at the bar. There's like two women and six men sitting around and somebody makes a joke that like a sexist joke. And then I'm in this awkward position where I either try to call them on their sexism, like say, I think your joke is stupid and you shouldn't be saying that. Or I just kind of go, ha, (laughs) which of course, which I chose the latter. (laughs) But then like you say, just like your forum example, I would then not choose to, especially this particular person, I would not choose to then go to the bar with that person again. Like I would effectively not participate in the forum anymore. And I think people think that that's on us as women not to be upset or whatever, or they, they wonder why there is an absence of women. And yet they're not recognizing that we are in this essence making choices based on their, you know, it's a, it's a two way street essentially. Absolutely. And just to go back to the previous thing we discussed, which was why these women's spaces are important. And that's maybe why, you know, sometimes women will feel more comfortable in a group of women, because at least no one's going to make an off-color joke about your gender. I have heard plenty of women make bad jokes, right? (laughs) That's true. Maybe your joke just sucked. Maybe that's why I thought it was terrible. There are plenty of good jokes you could make about women. So... Excellent. Yes, that's true. Okay, good gripe. Okay, so now I'm suggesting that we create a new segment because I don't want to be always down on everything all the time. So I think we should have a new segment called Hype of the Week that we do right after Gripe of the Week. All right, what is your hype? Okay, so there's a woman called Kate Palmer and she was just appointed uh, the CEO of the Australian Sports Commission and she is the first female CEO of that governing body. So yay, Kate. Go, Kate. (laughs) Okay, so our main topic for this week, why don't more people watch women's sports? Okay, so this topic for me came out of kind of an observation that since I've been working at One Wisp Sports, that there are a lot of, say, articles or podcasts that we will publish that people seem to like the idea of more than they want to watch. And and what I mean by that, and I think you've had similar experiences, is that on some types of content, we will get tons and tons of likes, like in the hundreds, and shares on Facebook or other forms of social media, but very few people actually clicking through to read the article. That's also how, I mean, people also use Facebook to put out to the world what they want people to think about themselves. They're essentially saying, see, I care about women. They want to project that image, whether or not they actually 
read the story. Exactly. Like my reading on that is that there are a lot of people who think that we should have more women's sports coverage or that they want that increase in media for women's sports, but aren't willing to participate in the actual watching or reading of the coverage. So I guess the question is, do you watch women's sports? And if not, why not? I don't watch men's sports either. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) I think I fall into a category like, like a lot of people of watching women's sports every four years when the Olympics comes around. Is that because they're not available or because you just don't care? Like, are they less exciting? Because what you always hear is people would watch women's sports if they were more interesting, right? Women's sports are boring. That's what you get. I think all of that is just, what would you call it? Like cultural, as in that we watch what we're fed in a way. Like, so, you know, football is also boring, in my opinion. Football is boring. But lots and lots of people watch football. And so I think that if I'd grown up in a context where there were lots of women's sports on television, I may have taken an interest in one of them. It's an interesting question. It's the like build it and they will come argument. But has that worked so far? Because WNBA is on on ESPN. I don't know a ton of people who watch it. You know, women's soccer in the U.S. is like super popular as a participation sport, super popular during the World Cup. I think National Women's Soccer League averages like four to 6,000 people a game. It's some crazy. It's around that. It's a really low number. So if it's there and we're not going to it, what needs to change to get more people to go? I think it's one of these things that's going to be a slow change. So I think if it continues, so if the WNBA carries on there might be another generation that grew up with women playing basketball on tv and that that will increase and hopefully then become more normative i also think because i've thought about the marketing of women's sports a lot i think there's something in how we market them like wnba women's soccer tend to be very marketed as family oriented these are little girls like the the target demographic is young girls right And that is fine. I have no problem with young girls watching sports, but it cuts out a large segment of the potential viewing audience. The second thing is then it demands that all the female athletes be kind of that like role model, all-star, all-around, like great person. Whereas when you think about the women who make the most money and who are actually, you know, the most popular, you know, Ronda Rousey was wildly popular beyond any of her male counterparts because she had a personality. She was really good. She was marketed as such, not as, you know, the female equivalent. The highest paid female athletes are all tennis stars, right? And I feel like female tennis, they're paid equivalent to the men, which is like a huge, there's still like a lot of issues and a lot of argument around that, but it's not marketed to just young girls. It's not marketed as, you know, this could be your neighbor next door. And certainly, you know, Serena Williams has come up against a lot of barriers when trying to fight that. But she is one of the most interesting female athletes out there, the highest paid female athlete out there, arguably one of the greatest athletes, period, not just female. And people watch her more than they watch the men. You know, so I also think it's in how we market it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And and I think tennis is a really good example. I mean, they fought back in the 60s, you know, to have their own tournaments, they, t- they fought to have equal prize money very early on in tennis before other sports, like before we even believed women could run marathons, you know, tennis is fighting for equal pay. So I think tennis has had this chance to develop almost sort of the women's side of the sport. And I think 
tennis fans often see the the women's game as very different to the men's game. So it it has its own appeal uh, unto its own. It's a different kind of game. They play three sets. They have longer rallies. And I think that, that, that that's part of it. You know, we t- as we've talked about before, sort of gymnastics and figure skating, these are, th- these are other sports that people like to watch women do. And I think that's because, again, they have kind of their own identity as women's sports. And, and that might be one of the factors that gets people to watch. Yeah, I think gymnastics and ice skating are also very tied up in like notions of femininity and like why are those the most popular of the you know female olympic sports versus boxing like female boxing is does not as popular and i think there's a whole mess of expectations we place on small girls and that's true female beauty and all that so yeah i think your example earlier of ronda rousey is a good one because she became this big hero you know, and I actually felt at that time, if people are willing to watch a woman do MMA, then they, we should be able to find an audience for almost anything. <laughs> it hasn't really extended beyond her, though, has it? I, I mean, obviously, within the MMA community and fan base, there's plenty of people that like other stars. Uh, I don't think her widespread appeal has gone beyond her, though. That's true. It's just, I suppose that just that idea of having a big standout star is maybe one of the factors that goes into creating an audience around women's sport. Yeah, I mean, she undeniably brought in new viewers to MMA, who some of whom stuck with. She undeniably brought in new like girls who wanted to do, and maybe it isn't just, maybe they wanted to do judo or, you know, another version of that like branch of sports maybe we won't see the effects of that for 10 years it's kind of like tennis didn't necessarily see the effects of its fights for a while um and so that's kind of hard to to say absolutely okay here's a question for you why do we want to increase audiences in women's sport i don't know that we do do we care why does it matter why are we going around seeking out male approval and male like audiences and male money do we want to be football? I don't want to be football. I think the NFL is kind of a terrible organization. <laughs> that might be the best Kelly rant we've had <laughs> so far on air. Okay, don't you think, though, that what is mainstream is normative, is it, it affects the way that we see women in society as a whole? Like, I, I think that these things all kind of work together. So I would like to see more women on TV in various roles, one of them being playing sport, being active, being tough and strong. For sure. There's just a lot of, it's kind of like how women's triathlon became an NCAA sport this year, right? Great. There's going to be women doing triathlon. It's going to grow the sport. You're going to see them on TV. But with that comes all the bad things that come with like money and attention and the, you know, and the NCAA, which is my like second least favorite organization and that's the risk of if of you know if you want to embrace the fame monster with it comes all the bad of that maybe it's fine to be where like maybe the WNBA as a sustainable organization if people could make a living salary and play sports that that's good enough I'm not they're not quite quite there yet but maybe that's fine like that would be the point that was good you know I think I'm still in the camp where I would like to see as many images kind of in our media of women playing sport as there are images of men playing sport I I just feel like that would be a more positive way to be all right but you know then eventually you're gonna have like the DUI husband beater 
female star athlete and you're going to have to deal with that because part of like equal ground is that you get the negatives too. I accept those terms. Okay. In conclusion, we may or may not want the big audiences. And if we, and if we eventually get them, there's going to be some negative around that, as you say, that there are certain sports that people may take an interest in more than that. The sports may be different than the men's sports that are popular, that we need some big heroes like Ronda Rousey. Right. Big personalities. We need, we need stars. That's what we need. We do need some stars. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. All right. Well, then just become one of those stars and we're set and everything will be great. Okay. I guess that's about it for this week's locker room talk. For more women's sports talk, go to wispsports.com and make sure you check out Kelly's blog, Try Talk, and my blog, Offside. And follow us at wispsports on Twitter or find our Facebook page. And of course, join me, Sarah Gross, and Kelly O'Mara in two weeks for more locker room talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.